Welcome to Missionary Roundtable with your host, Kale Horvath. Everybody, welcome back to Missionary Roundtable. My name is Kale Horvath. I'm a pastor and a missionary to Hungary, and this is Missionary Roundtable podcast all about the Great Commission and missionaries and how we can all do a better part of being uh, involved in the Great Commission. And we are interviewing more missionaries and talking about what they're doing. And I'm excited for you guys to meet Sean Vance in this episode. Sean is a missionary to Kenya. In Africa, he and his wife and his two kids have been there now for over four years, and uh, they're doing a great work there overseeing uh, many pastors and churches and uh, just doing a great work. He's got a very, very cool story about how God led him to that point, and I, I met Sean and got to know him while my family was on deputation in 2019, and his family was in the States on furlough, and so our paths crossed several times, and he's a good brother, a godly man. I'm excited for you guys to meet him and hear from him, and so I hope you enjoy this episode. So Sean, we met when my family was on deputation. Um, we we left for deputation to start fundraising for the mission field to go to Hungary in the summer of 2019 that rolled over into 2020 when the pandemic happened. And we can talk more about that in a minute, but I, I met you um, when we were on deputation, your family had just come home. You'd been on field for a little while now um, in Kenya and you had just come home to on furlough, raising more money and stuff. And so that's how we got to know you guys. So I'm, I'm excited to uh, get to know you better through this conversation mm -hmm. and hear more about your story and uh, what it's like serving in Kenya. So uh, thanks so much for doing this, dude. Yeah, thank, thank you for, for allowing me to. Uh, you know, we, we love getting to serve the Lord here in Kenya. And uh, it's never... We're never expected to be full-time missionaries living in a foreign country, uh, but uh, it's just the path that God led us down, and, and we're very thankful that we get to be here, and, and we're very, very honored that uh, we get to be here in Kenya. Yeah, yeah, praise the Lord. And uh, I, I've talked to, in past seasons, other missionaries in Africa, but nobody in Kenya yet, so that's cool. I'm really excited to talk to you about that. But uh, let's let's give the listeners some background on on you and your wife. If you don't mind me asking you, man, how, how old are you? I know you've got two teenage kids in the house. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I'll be I'll be 44 uh, in July. Oh, you don't look it, dude. I I wouldn't have guessed that. That's yeah. Well, you look young, man. <laughs> well, uh, not saying you're old, but you look younger than <laughs> your professed age. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember a time when 43 was old. So. Uh, but yeah, my, my wife, Jerry, and I, we've been married. August will make, uh, is it 18 years that we've oh, been congrats. married? Uh, and then we have two children. Selena is our firstborn. firstborn. She's 16 years old. And then our son, Micaiah, he's 14 years old. Oh, Micaiah, no way. My, my young, one of my younger brothers' name is Micaiah. That's cool. Uh, you, don't, you don't see yeah. that too often. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And you have been on the field, I believe, going on four years, right? You did a two-year term, came home. That's when we met you. And now you've been on the field about two years, right? Two more years. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so there was about 
uh, 11 months in between our time in Kenya that we were in, in the States. And so October of this year will make uh, five years since we, we oh, came wow. to Kenya full time. That's yeah. a big mile yeah. marker. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And so we, you know, we came originally uh, to do a one-year internship. Uh, <laughs> we came uh, to, to work with some veteran missionaries that had been here for about 40 years. And uh, that one-year internship turned into two years. Uh, that second year kind of gave us an opportunity to, to really find our place in ministry and to, to help with some uh, language skills. Mm. Um, uh, main language here is, is Swahili. Uh, oh, so cool. we got that's a language you time. hear about, but you like, I have no idea what it sounds like. Like, and I'm not going to put you on the spot because I'm a missionary learning the language too. Um, yeah. But it's like, you know, in movies and stuff, you're like, ooh, Swahili, that sounds like a cool language. Uh, but you're actually yeah. learning it. Uh, we are. Um, Swahili is, is one of the national languages. Uh, Kenya is a little bit unique than other African countries where um, they're, they're united by a national language. Uh, and then English is a, is another national language, and so it's oh, it's been a little dip, yeah it's been a little difficult to learn Swahili because so many people, especially if they've been to school, speak English. Uh, but it also has been really beneficial to be able to communicate uh, with people. Two edged sword. Easy. Very yeah. very helpful yeah. that a lot of people speak English, but then more difficult because yeah. you're yeah. less immersed, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, man, that's awesome. And so you, so you've been on the field almost five years. So you were what? 39 ish when, when you went to the field. Yeah. I turned 40 here in Kenya. So Mm -hmm. man, tell me what, okay. That's a, that's a good way we can start here. Um, you, you're from Decatur, Alabama, right? Decatur Baptist church. Uh, well, I'm originally from East Tennessee, but we oh, we came here from Decatur, that. Alabama. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Sent out of Decatur, yeah. Alabama, I should say. Originally from Tennessee, that's yes. cool. Yes. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times when we have missions conferences or do podcasts or resources or sermons, we're always directing our missions plea to the young people, to the, the college mm-hmm. kids, to the teenagers, to give your life to the Lord. Um, so I love hearing from people who went to the field later in life. And so I would mm-hmm. love for you to just talk about what was that like? Obviously you had a career beforehand, your wife had a career beforehand, and you've now raised your kids from adolescence to teenagers while living in Kenya, Africa. What What's that process been like? Well, it's it's been a long process, definitely <laughs> not an easy process. Uh, but I, I, I didn't surrender my life to Christ until I was 19 years old. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was born, grew up in East Tennessee. Uh, my sister and her family, they were living in Decatur, Alabama. And I went one year from college during spring break to visit them and went to church with them in Decatur and, and surrendered my life to Christ. And uh, went back to Tennessee, started attending church, was baptized in a church there. And, and um, God just led me to move to Alabama. And, and I started attending Decatur Baptist Church and uh, was discipled there, was involved in ministry there, and uh, missions was uh, a big part, still is a big part of Decatur Baptist Church. And so I can still remember that very first missions conference that I was a part of mm-hmm. and hearing from missionaries from all over the world, but especially Africa. There was one missionary in particular that uh, I spent some time with and heard his stories about Zambia, Africa. And, and uh, I was just kind of always 
fascinated by that, I guess. Hmm. Uh, but, so so uh, God pricked your heart for missions then. Oh, yeah. How old were yeah. you then? Yeah. Uh, I was I was 19 when I surrendered my life to Christ, so I was 20 years old when I okay. when I moved okay. to Decatur. So mm-hmm. around 20, yeah. Mm-hmm. So man, and so just a through 20 year process of God uh, preparing you for this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm um, you know I'm thankful for our sending church because uh, that's where I learned ministry from. Mm. Uh, later on, I did attend a seminary, and really all that did was help me to get a work permit here in Kenya. Uh, but I learned ministry through through our church. We're products mm-hmm. of our local church. Uh, we were both discipled there, uh, grew up spiritually there, uh, was taught how to do ministry there. And so really, um, the first time I came to Kenya was for selfish reasons. Uh, it was in <laughs> 2007 was the first time I came to Kenya, and the summer of that year, my wife, Jerry, had went on a trip to Honduras, and so I just kind of said, well, you got to go somewhere, so I'm going to go somewhere, and <laughs> Kenya was the next, yeah, Kenya was the next trip that our church took, and that's the trip that I signed up for and came in December of 2007. Uh, our church had supported the missionaries here, uh, Randy and Phyllis Stirwalt, for uh, many years, and so we just came on that trip. I think we we taught at youth camps and just really got to know Randy and Phyllis really well and uh, just stayed in contact with them after going back to the States. And and uh, after a few years, God allowed us to come back. Uh, our family spent a month here with Randy and Phyllis in Kenya. Oh, wow. Um, and, and so really we knew at that time God was calling us to Kenya, uh, but it took from 2010 to 2017 for us to really be in the place where God was ready to use us here in Kenya. Mm. Now, okay, let's back up a little bit and zoom in. So your your wife, I always forget this until I'm talking to you. Your wife is Jay Shug's sister, right? That's correct. Okay, okay. Because when you started talking about Decatur, I was like, oh, that's right, that's right. So Jay Shug is the pastor of... uh, Sorry, I, I have so much. You you understand. We have a lot of churches supporting you. You're like, okay, com- yeah, yeah. I, I believe it's Community Fellowship, Fellowship. Baptist yes. Church, right? And that's in Huntsville, yes. Alabama. Sorry, yes. sorry, Community Fellowship. I, you guys support us. I love you guys. I love your pastor. Um, but you're you're married to Jay's uh, sister. That's correct. What's the yes. story? How how'd y'all meet? Uh, when did you get married? I mean, really, we we met at church. I mean, I was. 20 when I moved to Decatur, she was still in high school. And so after she graduated high school and we were both involved in the college ministry at church and uh, we had went in 2001, we went on a mission trip to New York City. And uh, earlier that year, God had already been working out some things in my life and really drawing me closer to him. And so that summer, especially during that missions trip, uh, the Lord just began, um, you know, bringing Jerry and, and me together and just revealing to us that he had a plan for our lives together as a married couple. And until so we started dating in September of 2001 and, and uh, dated for almost three years and we're married in August of 2004. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And so what did, um, what did you do as a career and your wife? I only say your wife cause I, I, I know what your wife did, but what did you guys do before you uh, moved to Kenya? Yeah. So, uh, but when I moved to Alabama, I continued going to college. I went to a little community college there, eventually transferred to university, but it took me a long time to finish a bachelor's degree. Uh, I really hated school. 
<laughs> and so, uh, but I finally finished a bachelor's degree and I ended up working in the hospital in Huntsville and in the pharmacy. You know, I worked there for Are a few serious? years and yeah. No way. Uh, yeah, I worked there. I worked there for a few years and then uh, eventually transferred to the IT department and supported pharmacy systems in the hospital and and things. Dude, did, uh, and, I had no idea. Did you know that I worked in pharmacy? Yeah, I, I think we I think we may have talked about There's this no way we've before. talked about this cuz like when you said that I was like, "What? Are you serious?" So so you yeah, had I so you weren't we a pharmacist it. then because you no. you didn't have a D. Uh you you had a bachelor's. Right. I had a bachelor's. My job when Jerry and I got married was it was really just a horrible job that I hated. <laughs> and uh, so I ended up working at the pharmacy in the hospital and Okay. And uh yeah, and so I worked in the hospital for about 12 years before we came to Kenya. Oh, no way. Okay. So, yeah. so healthcare. Yes. So awesome. Yeah. Now I, I worked yeah. in yeah. retail pharmacy, my man, and that yeah. is another animal. And, uh, listen, yeah. I liked counting pills and I liked billing insurances, but that whole, like being the middleman between the people walking into the counter of your, my pharmacy that was in the middle of a giant department store, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but pharma pharmacology in general, I actually really liked it. Um, it was a long time ago that I, I did it. I still remember it's still helpful sometimes when you need over the counter meds for for your wife. Now, when you move to another country, they call them different things. And it took me a while yeah. to figure out that acetaminophen is paracetamol over here, and so like you know, yeah. Um, yeah okay, I'm not gonna ra- ramble, but but I that's that's super. There's no way we've talked about that, and if we have, I'm super sorry. But uh, super interesting to me. So I know that your wife uh, worked in the hospital too. She was a nurse though, yeah? Yeah, she, she was a nurse. And so we, uh, you know, really from the beginning of our marriage, we struggled with finances a lot. Uh, and so Jerry's always worked outside of the house. And then when our kids came along, um, we daycare is very expensive. Mm. And so she, she went to work uh, at our church's daycare just so that, we could afford childcare for our kids. Oh, okay. And so when our kids went to school, she decided she wanted to go uh, back into some sort of field of working besides the daycare. And God just opened the door for her to go to nursing school. She uh, she was able to go on scholarships the entire time. And, and she worked as, as an ER nurse before we came to Kenya. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah so you, you both have a healthcare. Now that doesn't like play into what you do right now, right? Like I, some people, you know, use that medical or nursing degree to like get into the you know, hard countries to get into. Right. Um, no, not at all. We, uh, Kenya actually has a work permit just special for missionaries. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, and yeah. so uh, I, I actually hold the work permit and then Jerry uh, is on a dependence pass. Yeah. And yeah. so Kenya, you know, Kenya doesn't recognize nursing license from, uh, from most other countries. Really? Uh, and okay. so, yeah. And so if she wanted to, she would have to attend a Kenya nursing school and mm-hmm. pass their exam and things, but she's allowed to do things as long as, as it's connected to our ministry. Mm-hmm. And so her nursing background has helped in several areas. Um, she, she gets to go to schools at, at different times and teaches hygiene classes and some things like that. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. You never know what God can do with what you did in your past or, or whatever. It's like nothing is a waste. Like God can use that. And he obviously did use those things to 
make you the the man and the woman that you guys are. So like that that's really cool when you can see him using those things again in the future. Um, so yeah. you went to Kenya and. I guess we can back up here to your, your one year internship. You were serving with, Mm -hmm. uh, is Larry and Phyllis Steyerwald? Is that correct? Randy and Phyllis. Randy. I'm sorry. And brother Randy passed away, um, recently. Yes. Uh, April this year made two years since he's passed away. Okay. Yeah. And so how did uh, you back up and tell the story, but, but I would love to hear how that affected, your role on the field compared to what you thought it was going to be when you arrived. Yeah. And so we, you know, in 2010, we knew God was calling us to Kenya. And uh, again, it took a long time for God to work out those details for him to arrange things in our lives and to prepare our lives to be ready to come to Kenya. Um, uh, but, but he did that. And 2017, we came, um, with knowing that we would be doing an, a one-turn internship with Randy and Phyllis, just kind of learning the ministry. They had been here for about 40 years. Wow. And uh, really, really, they there's been other missionaries uh, that have been around, but uh, really there is no one to uh, continue on the work if something happened to them mm-hmm. uh, as a mission, in the missionary role anyways. And so we came and spent a lot of time with them. We started language school and just uh, Randy always encouraged us to spend time with with the Kenyan people and especially me with our Kenyan pastors. And so uh, that one year ended up turning into two years. And in our, our church, Decatur Baptist, they they provided our finances for both of those years mm, nice uh, up front. They did it for the first year and then we approached them maybe six years into our uh, first year here here and said we would really like to stay for uh, another year uh, and so uh, you know our church approved that and and they continued providing the finances for our living expenses for that second mm-hmm. year and so yeah our, our plan was to to return to America in, in 2019 and and to, to raise some some permanent support uh, to come back full-time to continue working with with Randy and Phyllis uh, they've they felt like the Lord had brought them to a place to where they were looking at retiring in the next few years. Uh, and so in July of 2019, they went back to the States for, it was really just a short furlough. Um, and at that time they were, they were talking about spending six months in the States and six months in Kenya until they officially retired. Mm. Uh, but so in September time between of, both countries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But in, in September of 2019, Randy was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and mm. uh, and he never returned back to Kenya. He died in April of 2020. Mm-hmm. And so with, with everything going on with COVID causing us to, to stop traveling for quite a while and, and due to Randy's passing, our church again um, really helped us uh, to get back to Kenya sooner than, than we expected. Uh, the borders were closed up until the 1st of August of 2020. And I think we came two weeks after the borders reopened. Hmm. And so, you know, it was, it was our plan to continue working alongside Randy and Phyllis, continue learning from them. Um, but God had other plans. And hmm. so I, you know, I've been placed into Randy's role. Um, and a lot of that is administrative things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main part of our ministry is, is training, is training pastors, uh, 
and so we we have close to 300 churches that are under our ministry that wow uh, now so you fall oversee under us. 300 churches slash pastors uh, yes. administratively and, and in training and wow yeah and then we and you're kind of thrust there. into that thrown into the fire yes. because of God taking uh, Brother Randy home early. Yes. Uh, and, and part of that is also there's eight Bible school locations that are uh, under our ministry as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm the administrator of all eight of those schools. Uh, and so it was, it was really overwhelming when we came back. I mean, yeah. we're thankful for the two years we had with Randy and Phyllis here in Kenya because uh, that helped transition things a little bit. Uh, the pastors that have worked for Randy for many years, they understood that one day Randy and Phyllis would not be in Kenya mm-hmm. and that the plan was for the Vances to continue on mm-hmm. uh, in the missionary role. Uh, and so that, that really helped us. It, it helped that I spent a lot of time with our pastors uh, because they knew me apart from just being working with Randy. They knew me personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really it became overwhelming because I mean there's just so many needs mm. uh, Randy again Randy and Phyllis were here for over 40 years mm. they they took over for missionaries kind of unexpectedly uh, they really? came to work with some other missionaries and those missionaries left and so Randy had had 40 years to to figure out how to do things his own way mm-hmm. uh, but you know he would he would always encourage me to to just keep a close relationship with the Lord. Hmm. Um, there would be times that I spent with him that I would ask him specific questions about what he does to help churches, for example, purchase property or to help with building buildings or what he does with certain needs when people come and ask him. And, and usually his reply would, would be that he would think for a few seconds. Then he would say, I'm not going to tell you what I do. Uh, he would say, <laughs> There's going to come a day when you have to, when you just have to allow the Lord to show you what He wants you to do, mm-hmm. and go from there. And so we we've had to do that wow. quite a lot the wow. last almost two years. Yeah. Man. Well, I do want to I want to get into some of the uh, the wisdom that you learned from Him and how that's helped you. But I do want to back up for just a second because you mentioned earlier that you went for a one year internship and you use I think you said about six months into it you asked your church if you could stay for a a, a second year before coming home. Yeah. Um, now, obviously that seems to be of the Lord because that gave you more of a foundation, um, you know, with, before brother Randy went home to be with the Lord. Um, but yeah. I also, you, you mentioned something and, and I, I think we, we, my family shares this experience too. We're about a year and a half into living on the field since we left home. And there is something significant about that one year mark of being away six months is significant for sure. But man, after one year, um, things start happening in the language in your head that make it easier. Like, I mean, I am far from fluent, but I remember that one year mark things started to click more and you really start feeling at home and not just like you are visiting. You're not on a mission trip. Like it, it like after a year ish, it really starts to be home. Um, what, what, what have those experiences been like for you in, in that first two years that you were on the field? Yeah, I think it's the same way. Um, when, when we first came, you know, we, we had a change of pastors since we've been in, in Kenya during right, that internship. Right. Mm-hmm. 
our, our original pastor, uh, Doug Ripley, mm-hmm. pastor of our church for over 30 years. You know, he encouraged us to commit to one year uh, because he said, going into it, if you commit to two years, if you make it six months in and you absolutely hate it, you know that's not where God wants you. Uh, the next six months is easy to survive, but if you have to think about going months a whole is- nother, <laughs> yeah, a whole nother 18 months, that's mm-hmm. going to make it more difficult. But we, I mean, both Jerry and I have been on several missions trips to other countries before. Uh, I've been to Mexico, the Dominican Republic. I love those places. Always had a desire to go back and visit those places. Um, but there's something that happens, I think, with most people going on missions trips a few minute, a few months after they return back to their lives. That that desire to return, it kind of wears off some. Sure. Where there's not as much passion to return to those places, but that that really never happened with Kenya. Mm. Uh, that that desire never left, and um, adjusting to life in Kenya was difficult, but it very quickly began to feel like um, not so much it was home, but this is where we belong. We want to be. Um, yeah, I remember that stage. It's like it, we're it's yeah. we're not at home yet. Everything's still new, yeah. but we want to be here. You know, we miss people, but like, this is cool. We like this. It is kind of a, yeah. a transition over a time. It's not just like a, the flips or the switch flips one day, you know? Yeah. 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 And that's, that's definitely what we've experienced because there's still days now where, I mean, we're go- going on furlough soon. We're looking forward to that. Uh, but at the same time, we're, you know, it's a little, it's a little heartbreaking to think we have mm-hmm. to leave here for about six months because... Uh, because this is where we know that God wants us, and yeah. and uh, and and it and it has become home. Sure. Well, yeah. and and even I, maybe some people don't realize this when because we're thinking about w- when our first trip back to the states will be somewhere around the two year mark too. And not only does it become home, and your friends, and your ministry, and everything is here, but like practically all your stuff is there. Your house is there. You have Mm -hmm. to think about the logistics of how many suitcases do we got to take. And then when you go back to America, you are visiting, you're you're visiting America and you're going to live in someone else's house or hotels, or you're going to be on the road. And so it's not, um, it's not easy going back once your home has become, um, once the mission field has become your home, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, our first time we went back, it was, it was probably more overwhelming to go back to the States than it was coming to Kenya to live. Give me advice on that, Sean. Were you scared? I I don't know how Um, I feel about it. And we're, we don't even have plane tickets booked. We're just thinking in theory in the future. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how to feel, man. Were you scared? Yeah. Um, maybe a little nervous, not so much scared, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I don't know what life is like there where you are, but no, Africa in general is very slow paced. Mm. Uh, at our Bible school, I taught through uh, Mark Trotter's, Trotter's uh, Keys to Bible Study. Oh, praise God. And, and I remember, you know, that book, he talks about the different ways of thinking. Uh, I'm thinking it's in that book, uh, but how Westerners uh, think in a straight path, uh, in a straight line. Linearly. But, you know, yeah, but, you know, Africans, they they think in circles. Mm-hmm. And so things move at a much different pace. Hmm. Uh, there's 
most of our days are filled with things that we didn't plan to do at all or the <laughs> things that we set out planning to do take much longer than we planned on them mm. happening. And then you go back to the States and just after two years, we had forgotten about how quick paced everything was. Yeah. I remember even we went to Taco Bell one day for lunch. And since we were gone, they had installed touchscreen menu boards. Uh, so he didn't have to stand in line. And we were standing there, and uh, I don't want to pick on Jerry, but Jerry became frustrated and just started crying, standing oh. there at Taco Bell because, you know, there's other people behind you. There's people in a hurry to to get places. And, mm -hmm. and it was just overwhelming. And yeah. so really just the, the pace of life is just uh, mm. something that, that comes as a shock, I think. Was it overwhelming going back and things just being different in your hometown and, and even your, your home oh, church, yeah. you know, that's the stuff that I think about yeah. is cause I'm from a small, well, Decatur is not a huge town, but it's bigger than new oh, Philadelphia. Um, and it's like everything, even getting a new store takes a long time. It's like, Oh, we're getting a Starbucks. That's like a five year process or something, you know, yeah. like, and so like that kind of stuff even gives me nerves just thinking about like, Oh, when I go back and it's different, like, I just don't know how I'm going to feel. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I don't know if I can really <laughs> explain it. It was, it like you said, it, it was just different. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, I I grew up in East Tennessee. I lived there for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I always felt like that was home. So moving to Alabama was much different. Uh, but every time I would go back to visit East Tennessee, God would remind me why he moved me away from there. Mm. Uh, I would, I would either run into old friends or, or even, you know, family members that uh, did not live the same life that I was trying to live for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And God would always remind me why he moved me away from there. And it was kind of the same thing of us going back. I mean, I, I love Decatur. I love our church. Uh, I love the people there, but um, the, the 11 months that we spent there, I think God was constantly reminding uh, of why he moved us to Kenya, hmm. uh, of, of our, our place that he wanted us to be uh, was in Kenya. And um, I mean, it was just different. Mm -hmm. And you're oh. different. You, I mean, you spend two years living in Africa. You're a different person, man, when you go home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and your family has grown. Your kids are bigger at that point. So it's... Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's uh, the reason I, I I don't even mean to camp out here. It's just the reality of where we're at. So I'm like, I'm just poking your brain to, <laughs> to see what it was like, you know? Um, but yeah, man, it just, so, so let, let's go back to what you do in ministry. Um, so you oversee hundreds of pastors in churches. And so even though it's a slower pace in Africa, I imagine you still have like a ton to do and a ton on your plate. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we're living in the house that Randy and Phyllis lived in uh, for over 30 years hmm. that they were here. And so this this house has been the central location of the ministry uh, since for this decades. ministry was first started. Wow. So I think uh, the first missionaries under the mission that we work under, they came here to our town of Eldoret. Uh, it was late 1960s, early 1970s. And so someone from the mission has lived in this house since the mid seventies. Wow. Uh, and so everyone knows that a missionary lives here mm -hmm. and we, we live in town. 
this town has grown a lot, especially since the first time I came here. Hmm. Uh, it's actually, the town itself is smaller than Decatur, Alabama, uh, but the population is about 500,000 people. Wow. Um, whereas the population of Decatur, Alabama, I think is less than 60,000 people, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone in this area knows that the missionary lives here. Is that a good and or a bad so thing? There's, uh, some some days it's not a good thing because <laughs> we we have people come to our gate all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have pastors that come all the time, and, and so again, some days you know I have ten pastors that come to the house that that want to meet and want to discuss uh, different things in ministry. Uh, but then we have the eight Bible schools that uh, that I'm the administrator over. There's mm-hmm. two of them that I teach at regularly, mm-hmm. uh, and Really, those Bible schools were created to, again, to train pastors. And they've not changed a lot over the last 40 years. And so one thing that we're concentrating the majority of our time is on the Bible schools. As we would like to see our Bible schools improved. Our ultimate goal would be uh, that if another missionary never comes after us, that our churches, our Bible schools would continue on because there's people trained and in a position to take those over. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so the majority, almost all of our 300 churches, they're all village churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're in, most of the pastors have not finished even high school. Wow. Uh, some of them have very low education. And so, you know, there's no requirements in our Bible schools for pastors that they've had to graduate high school or any of those types of things. Um, but Kenya has changed a lot, whereas people are more educated now. So today we have more people in our churches um, that have graduated high school. Uh, now there's many that have even gone on to university and, and have higher levels of education than a pastor. And uh, we're seeing some issues in those areas. And so we would like to prepare our Bible schools to uh, uh, really help our pastors to uh, those that would qualify to get a higher education. Uh, so we're I looking see, at what we can catch, do. Catch the pastors whether, up with the, the culture of education. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that means uh, we get an accreditation through the government uh, or help them with adult education classes so that they can qualify for some sort of higher education level uh, through the Bible schools. Uh, we would like to be able to do that. Uh, right now, there's not a lot of regulations in Kenya on churches and Bible schools uh, because there's really so many people from government involved in, in churches. Uh, prosperity gospel has been teached all over, taught all over, over Africa, but especially in Kenya, uh, it's become a way for for churches to make money for pastors who really haven't been called by the Lord to pastor church to mm. to make money, and some of those people are involved in government. So there's not a lot of regulations on churches, but uh, there have the past several years have been members of parliament that have tried to pass some stricter stricter reg- regulations uh, requiring pastors to have a certain level of training, which would also require a high school diploma, things like that. And so oh, we want to prepare the ministry for, yeah, we'd like to prepare things for the day that Kenya does say uh, to have a Bible school. These are the requirements mm-hmm. uh, to make sure we, we would meet those requirements. So that's kind of your vision for preparing the Bible colleges to better serve um, and better prepare yeah. the, the pastors. But also, I think it's interesting that you're also, you have a vision towards 
um, making them, it sounds like what you're saying is less dependent on the foreign missionary to be sustained. Yeah. Which Uh, is going to take a while. That's I mean, that doesn't happen overnight. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, again, this ministry has been going a certain direction for many, many years. And there's, there's another missionary that we worked with, uh, and he, his missions director had suggested to him to um, just leave the ministry that we were part of and go start something else. He described it as a ship that's been going one direction, the same direction for 40 years, and it's going to be impossible to turn that ship in a different direction. But I'm thankful that, you know, we do have churches and pastors that they're spiritually mature. They're spiritual fathers. Praise God. They're training, they're training other men. Their churches are planting other churches. Um, we, I think as far as our churches go, we've, we've done a good job of, of raising up men to lead the ministry. And even in our Bible schools, um, those that are teaching the, the core classes, um, there are pastors, uh, there are Kenyan pastors, and so, you know, we we have a great foundation that's been laid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just now making sure that those pastors that are overseeing, uh, especially the Bible schools, that they're qualified when the government places regulations mm-hmm. on them. Gotcha, gotcha. That's cool, man. That I, well, that's a big undertaking, a big responsibility, and uh, no doubt God's got His man there at this at this point to uh, to take it into the promised land. So. Uh, definitely be praying for you in that regard. Um, I want to, so, so this is interesting. I was texting you, it's been a while ago now, probably, probably it it wasn't long after we'd been here, maybe last summer even. Um, and I was texting you and I, man, the first year on the field here for us with the pandemic, changing a lot of our plans. And, and we, we didn't, we didn't join a veteran missionary when we came here, we were starting, uh, our own work. And so it was really slow going at the beginning, man. And I'm a go, go, go guy. And maybe more of a Martha than a Mary. Um, I'm not saying that's a good thing, just, just my personality. And, uh, and man, I can, I can remember just being frustrated at times, um, that, that it was just not as much going on as I wanted. And it's like, God just made me focus on a few things. It was, I was focused on language learning and, and my family and, um, and trying to build relationships. And it was, it was not a full schedule like I was used to. And, um, and I remember texting you about that and, and you were telling me like what, what you were doing and all the work and all the administration. I'm like, man, I, I envy you. Cause I'm like, that's, I want that. And you're, and you were like super honest. You're like, man, sometimes I, I envy you because I wish I had more time to go back and spend time on those. So it's interesting that we kind of have polar opposite contexts, but yet God was stretching us. But like God had both of us in these contexts. He called us, he called mm-hmm. you to Kenya in that context, in that situation and me to Hungary in this situation. And yet he's stretching both of us beyond our comfort zone. Cause he, in the first year here, God really taught me how to be a Mary and sit at his feet and, and, and just be with him and seek him and that's benefited me greatly since ministry opportunities and relationships have really started just this year in 2022. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, your honesty was really helpful to me. But I think it's it's interesting um, that God 
puts the right man in the right situation, but also wants to stretch us um, and, and not just, he wants to stretch us beyond our comfort zone when we're serving him. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's definitely true. And like I said earlier, I never imagined us being here as missionaries in Kenya doing what we're doing uh, because I, I, I'm very, I'm always a very quiet person. I would prefer to just sit in the corner and just watch and observe and not, not to have attention brought to myself. And uh, God definitely, even preparing us to come to Kenya, God definitely used different circumstances to prepare us um, to be here. Uh, but we've, we've definitely been taken out of our comfort zone. Uh, not so much a comfort. I mean, walking in through town, everyone stares at us. It's definitely not comfortable to have people staring at you for as long as they can see you. Yeah, you even can't even you're blend in. in I can blend in, man. <laughs> I, I, I can just, you know, change my clothes and look more European. I just shop at H&M instead of Old Navy. Like, you, <laughs> man, you're, you and your kids and your family stick out. And I mean, it's a joke, but it's also like, it's not a joke. Like, yeah. you, you know, that, that yeah. probably took a while to get used to. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not so much uncomfortable in those things. We've got used to that, but I, I don't like confrontation. I often have to deal with confrontation. Yeah, that's leadership. Right? Uh, I, yeah, I, you know, I've never, this was our first time in full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. We've always worked jobs. We've always been involved in ministry in our church, but never in this capacity. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's things that are uncomfortable, like dealing with sin and the ministry and things mm-hmm. like that, that. You would rather not deal would. with it's or, or not be oh, the yeah. guy to, to head it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. What would you say? Uh, so obviously there's challenges living abroad, being a missionary and moving away from home, but there's even more challenges being a missionary in African countries. Uh, obviously not it, mm. Jeff Bartel, my pastor always says that, and it's true. It's a true saying that not all mission fields are created equally. Uh, Europe mm. is, is not, uh, Africa, Hungary is, is not Kenya. And so those challenges are constantly stretching you out of your comfort zone. But what is what has God done in your life? How have you grown um, as he stretched you out of your comfort zone? I think um, probably the biggest thing is just really learning to depend on him and trusting him. One of the biggest struggles I had coming back without Randy and Phyllis was thinking that we're taking over ministry that's been existent for decades. Uh, and I don't want to re- be responsible for it falling apart. Mm. Oh, I get that. What, what am I going to do that's going to cause something to, to fall mm. apart? And so I really struggled with that for, for a while. But God really brought me to the place to where I realized that I have to trust him. Mm. It, it's not my responsibility responsibility to see that the ministry grows or even that it continues on. All I can do is keep a relationship with the Lord, uh, be obedient to him, stay close to him, listen to the Holy Spirit's guidance and follow his direction. Mm. Uh, and, and and I can't affect the outcome at all. Uh, I can't force pastors to, to follow me. Uh, I can't force our pastors to be obedient to God or his word. All I can do is be obedient myself and present the truth mm, of his word. And then some, they have to make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so really just learning to, to just actually trust mm-hmm. that he is the one that brought us here. 
He's the one that has us here at this time in this moment, overseeing the things that uh, that are going on. And I just have to trust that if I'm obedient to him, then he'll he'll take care of all the details. Mm-hmm. And you know, and if it, it, no, go ahead, go ahead. Well, just if, if things fall apart, as long as I'm being obedient to to, to the Lord, that's. That's not my fault or my responsibility. Yes. No, dude, that's such a good point because that's something that God's been slowly showing me here. Not because I have a big ship that I'm trying to hold up, but because sometimes, so you've got, so right now we're starting from nothing. We've got a few people, a couple Mm. saved, a few not, and you're just building the relationships and you're, sometimes you just get worried. Like, what if this person just decides that they don't want to follow God? And, and it's like, Mm. that's not on you. That that's not on me. It's like it when you realize yeah. that it's it's all on them. You you and I just have to be obedient to what God asked us to do, and the rest is on the person. And not only does that take the burden off of our shoulders of like the day to day, but really that is a better way to focus on like the judgment seat of Christ. Because when I stand yeah. before Christ, I just want to be able to say, God, I I did what you asked me to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's something that that really Randy stressed, not just to me, but our pastors about being accountable to the Lord. Mm. Um, someday we'll all stand before him and give an account for, for what we did in his ministry. Because, um, again, something that Randy said all the time and told our pastors was his ministry did not belong to Randy. Mm. It did not belong to the pastors. It belonged to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he just allows us to, to work in, in his ministry. Uh, and so, yeah, really just, just understanding that, yeah, I'll give an account to the Lord one day and, and was obedient to what he was asking me to do, or I did, did I try to do things on my own? Mm-hmm. It's, it can be really easy to, I'm seeing it already because at the beginning of ministry, it's really easy to be tempted to like pull the trigger on things that you or the ministry aren't ready for yet, but you're just like, mm-hmm in my flesh, you're like, well, let's get a move on. Let's get going. And, and, uh, it's really easy to just make decisions because we think it's the right thing or whatever without consulting God and being like, no, well, hold on, let's back up. Like what, God, what do you want us to do? What is the ministry need? What is it ready for? Um, damn, man, that takes, that takes practice, um, yeah. To, to go to God before, you know, just doing whatever you your reflex is to do in a certain situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we God has always used Psalms 27 some way to, since <laughs> from the time of, at, that I was a young Christian, God has always used Psalms chapter 27, but especially verse, verse 14. 14. Yeah. You know, we, <laughs> yeah, when we came in, in 2010, we knew God was calling us to Kenya. We began trying to create our own plan to coming. Uh, mm. We had a lot of, we had a financial mess. I had a lot of student loan debt and some different things. Uh, but it seemed like every time I would go to the Lord and, and ask him uh, to speak to him about Kenya, he would take me to Psalms twenty seven fourteen, And I would always read over and over, wait on the Lord. If you have good courage, he'll strengthen that heart. Wait on the Lord. And it was, always seemed like God wanted us to wait. Mm. Uh, and so finally, God, through several years, God changed my attention from the waiting part to the, you'll strengthen your heart. Hmm. Uh, and so I know that the years from those seven years from 2010 to 2017, 
God was strengthening our hearts to be able to come to Kenya. Uh, if we had came, uh, we wanted to come back to Kenya within tw- three years. So if we had come back to Kenya by 2013, our hearts would not have been strengthened mm-hmm. to deal with the things that we're dealing with today. Because uh, even today, I feel like you know, my heart's not strong enough to deal with some of the issues that come up day to day. But uh, I know it's because during that time that we waited on him and allowed him to strengthen our hearts that uh, we're able to deal with things that we face today. Mm. Amen. And man, you can yeah. never go wrong waiting on the Lord either. Like now, I mean, if, if people understand the biblical definition of waiting, waiting is active. You're, you're seeking God. You're not just sitting on yeah. your hands being yeah. lazy. But like if, if there's ever a situation where you're like, I wonder if I should make this move or, or pull this trigger, it's like you can't go wrong just waiting on the Lord and seeking him in prayer and in the Bible daily for a minute before just making a gut reaction. Um, that's what I'm learning right now anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. in ministry. I mean, obviously in your personal life, that's incredibly practical advice. But when you're responsible for leading a ministry, it's like, man, you you better make sure that's what God wants you to do and not just what you think you should do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny that God, during those years, God actually brought us to the point that uh, we we stopped praying about coming to Kenya hmm. uh, because it, it had really become the focus of of our lives. It's things that we were looking forward to. What do we need to do to to get back to Kenya? Uh, and really, God brought, it, brought us to a part to where we realized that we weren't focused on what he had right in front of us. Ah. And we kind of, we mm. kind of stepped away. We stopped praying about ever coming to Kenya. And we, we just confessed to God, you know, obviously we were mistaking. You weren't calling us to Kenya. So what do you want us to do right here where we are? And, mm-hmm. and we, be, we began doing that, just seeking what the Lord wanted for us right there in that moment. And, and so when God brought us to the point to where, we were able to come to Kenya. It was really bittersweet mm. because we, we were perfectly fine and happy serving in ministries we were serving in and realizing that we all of a sudden had to give that up mm-hmm. because God was allowing us to come to Kenya. And, and you know, of course, we and wanted dude, to come. God and works to be that way so often because it's because I, I can speak from experience as a, when I was much, much younger that you get so excited about the future that you forget about the present and where God has you serving right now. And not only the ministry yeah. that he has you serving in, but that ministry is preparing you to be the guy he needs you to be down the road. Um, it's, it's way easier on this side of it. But if I could, you know, if, if we're just talking to the young guys out there who are excited to do something for the Lord, he is using you somewhere right now. Focus on that. Um, because, oh, yeah. because I, I do think, man, I, and I've got some Bible for this, but just, you know, as a, as a practical thing, I think God will often give a man a, a, a little vision, a little burden for what he wants him to do in the future. He let you see Kenya and fall in love with it years before mm. you were ready. Same thing with me and hungry. Um, and, and I mean, you can go back to Moses. Uh, I, this is what I always go back to because Moses was zealous for his people and in, in his youthfulness mm-hmm. and in his zeal, he killed a man that wasn't God's way to deliver the people. And so he spent 40 yeah. years on the backside of the desert becoming the meek servant God needed him to be. And then he's like, okay, now that the vision is dead, n- now you're ready. <laughs> yeah. 
So, man, praise God. That that is so cool to hear. Let's let's do this as we're coming to the end of our time here. Um, we've talked a lot about stepping out of our comfort zones and and you know letting God you know make us be who he wants us to be or who he needs us to be for, for what he has planned for us. Um, if you're just talking to anyone listening here, young, young or old, um, just about letting God stretch you, um, what, what advice would you have to stepping out of your comfort zone and serving the Lord? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think that there's really no other way to, to go about life um, because God wants us to be out of our comfort zones, I think. And, and uh, if, if you want to truly, you know, experience God in your life, if you want to truly be obedient to him and, and fulfill his plan for your life, uh, then I, I think that's what's required. Um, God obviously didn't take us, take me from being, you know, a, a 19 year old getting saved directly into ministry it was a path of, of god doing things in my life and just a little changes at a time uh, and in those years between first time i visited kenya and us coming to kenya full time god did a lot in those years where where i was actively seeking him and and i needed changes to be brought in my life um, during the time that we we stopped praying about kenya God allowed us to become involved in a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. Mm. Uh, it's a Christ-centered recovery program. Uh, and I, we actually got involved, I did anyways, with a group working with teenagers. Uh, there was a need to have a leader working with teenagers. And as a requirement, I had to go through the adult step study part of Celebrate Recovery. And so I went through a recovery ministry, not expecting God to do anything. Uh, but really, God used that ministry to change the direction of our lives just because I was willing to allow God to work in my life. It was uncomfortable to go into a small group of men and, and start sharing things I'd never shared with anyone. Uh, but I realized early on doing that, that God had given me opportunity to, to deal with some things in my life. I had sin in my life that I'd really never dealt with. I had issues from my past that I'd never dealt with. And so I never truly knew how to trust God completely. Mm -hmm. um, for, for example, you know, I had a lot of bad things happen in my life as a kid. I, I didn't know who my father was growing up. My mother died when I was seven. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I, I really could not relate to God as a father, as a heavenly father. And here I am going to church and being taught that God is a heavenly father. Just allow God to be your father. And I didn't know how to relate to God as a father, but you know, going really through that, uh, that that step study through Celebrate Recovery allowed me to finally see God as a father uh, because uh, I decided that going through that study, I was just going to be honest about things that I'd never been honest about before and just kind of see what God would do with it. Uh, and so I really, I think that if you want to have a true, genuine relationship with the Lord and really follow him, it's going to require stepping out of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But God is not, I don't think God takes us directly from post first moment of salvation to, um, to probably serving on the foreign mission field in just a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, all the things that we face daily here in Kenya. Had we known when we first came to Kenya, uh, I doubt we would have surrendered to come because um, we have we really have some difficult moments. Uh, uh, but we we decided we we're going to be obedient to whatever God asked of us, and we know that there's going to be more difficult things come our way. Uh, but all we can do is, is trust in the Lord, mm. no matter how uncomfortable things are. Uh, and so it just starts with being being willing to allowing God to take you out of your comfort zone. Mm. Yeah, willingness is maybe one of the most important attributes of a servant of God. It's way more important than ability or talent. Um, I, what's the old adage, you know, availab- uh, the best ability is availability. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, because God uses willing and available people uh, more than yeah. he uses talented or able. He'll make you able. He'll, he'll equip you to do his mission if you're willing. Um, that's good though, man. But, but, but what you said about faith and depending on God, um, man, you, that, that almost requires you to step out of your comfort zone because can you say that you're truly walking by faith if you're in control of all of your circumstance or, or if you never do anything that has risk to where like, if God doesn't provide, it fails. Like there's, I feel like there's a lot of Americans who their, their whole life is set up that way where, you know, there's no risk. I, I have set this thing up so that we're good to go. And I I think COVID shook a lot of people uh, in that Mm -hmm. regard, but, but yeah, man, if you're going to, if you're really going to grow in your faith, you got to step out of your comfort zone, don't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Man. Thank dude. Thanks so much for sharing your story. I appreciate it. Um, learning more about you. I know our listeners have, um, you are going, you and your family are going to be heading home at the end of this, or I'm sorry, when, what month are you heading home to the States? Uh, end of August, early September. Okay. Okay. So yeah, at end of the summer, you guys are going to be heading back. Um, so that, that's coming up here real soon and you guys are going to be sharing, you know, with churches who support you and looking for more support. Um, so if there's people out there who are interested in your ministry, getting in contact with you or just learning more about you or having you into their church, uh, to share the ministry, uh, how can they get in contact with you? Yeah. So, I mean, probably the easiest way is through Facebook. Uh, and so we, we do have a page set up for our ministry there. It's just called Vance Family Kenya. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, both Jerry and I have private pages. So it's just my name, Sean Vance. And then, uh, or you can send an email. Email is just vancefamilykenya at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, and, and so those are, those are really the easiest ways. Awesome. And your church is Decatur Baptist Church in, uh, yes. in Decatur, Alabama. I'm sure they could reach out to, to that church as well if they needed more info or if they were a pastor seeking more info. Yes, that's correct. Awesome. Well, Sean, thanks again so much, man. This has been uh, a, a joy for me. Thanks. Well, thank you for allowing me to. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was a really fun conversation with Sean. Sean's a good brother, and he's doing uh, a great work. Uh, Like he said, man, he oversees uh, hundreds of pastors and churches um, from a ministry that has been run for decades, and uh, the the good brother who spent four decades there um, putting in the work and building it uh, went home to be with the Lord a couple years ago, and so now God has uh, prepared Sean um, almost five years there uh, to take it over and to um, 
give the vision and to make it plain upon tables so that they can run with it. And so um, God's really doing great things there in Kenya. I hope you learned a lot. I know I did. And if you're out there and you want more information, make sure you check out his pages. Uh, send him an email. It's The links to that will be in the description of the episode. And uh, and if you're a pastor who's listening to this um, and, and you'd be interested in supporting the Vances or, or having them in to your church when they are in the States in the fall of this year, uh, fall of 2022, and I believe in the early part of 2023, um, please reach out to him uh, because I, I know that he would appreciate that. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you back here, same time, same place, next week, Missionary Roundtable. God bless. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe and share us on social media. Also, please make sure to check out our other podcast, Theology Roundtable, at theologyroundtable.com.